Hello and welcome to the Isaiah Roby episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 18. My name is Logan Wortman and today I'm very happy to be joined by our good friend, the one and only Jacob Daniel Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going well. That's good. That's good. It's going. It's going, yeah. I think it's going pretty well for you as a Celtics fan oh, right now man. too, right? It's been a great... It's okay. I'm a wet blanket type of guy. Uh, it's worrisome to me that we are breaking offensive like on pace to be one of the greatest basketball offenses of all time Mm -hmm. that's not our lane get back (laughs) in our lane play good defense and let the offense and i think a lot of it'll get short up when we have robert williams because no disrespect to no vonley he's just not robert williams the third you know uh so Mm -hmm. yes it is great it love i love having 20 wins already that's that's delightful uh didn't couldn't get one yesterday i I guess that gives away when we're recording but i lost to the warriors last night uh Mm -hmm. one of the few games i've missed unfortunately but uh yeah it was it's been a nice little just some rough losses we lost to the bulls it was stupid Uh, i'm trying to think we lost that overtime game to the heat but no it's been jason tatum's looking like a potential mvp candidate uh, Marcus Smart is finally, I feel like, fully became that facilitator role uh, that like I've been worried that he wouldn't be able to turn into. And then uh, the, just I said Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown also has kind of elevated his game into a. Mm-hmm. It's like a one A one C, where like they're both ones, but Tatum's definitely like a little bit higher. But some Brown, some games Brown is the guy, yeah. and um, I, it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, Tatum has probably been your best defensive player this year, I feel like. 100% like, agree. Best player on both ends. Um, which, I was thinking about this, I, I was listening to a podcast that was talking about, I, j- I just thought it painted the picture of like how good the Celtics defense is really well. Uh, like These two guys were talking, and they were talking about last teams or last year's team and how Marcus Smart probably wasn't even the best defender on last year's team. Like He could have been maybe the fourth best like if you wanted to you know put certain people in front of him and they both had different ideas of who like they were putting ahead of Marcus Smart like cuz like the guy was like oh you'd put Grant Williams ahead of him also and he was like oh you're talking about Grant Williams i was talking about Jason Tatum <laughs> and it's like there's just so many players on their team that you could talk about as like a you know at least like an all defensive team Type candidate of guy. yeah well, because, um, like, you go down and look. Oh, sorry, but, yeah, like, exactly what you said. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Al Horford, Grant Williams, Robert Williams III, all guys that are, like, I could see them on a second-team all-defense or a third, mm-hmm. or th- you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Definitely in that conversation. And Marcus Smart, I think, was the quote-unquote quarterback of the defense, and that's what mm-hmm. kind of got him the accolade. Um, but being the be- one of the better players, he's definitely in the conversation. I wouldn't be like, what? You think Marcus Smart is our best defensive player? But yeah. I feel like I think it's probably because he was the quote unquote he he's the one that did the most flashy. Oh wow, they've got Marcus Smart helping on Joel Embiid and it shut him down. Like that mm-hmm. was the type of stuff that Marcus yeah. Smart did that uh, you didn't see Tatum do as much. But you would be like, okay, go card, uh, pick a person, and it was Jason Tatum would just go do it, which yeah. is which is awesome to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this year he's shown his versatility by being like the help guy off ball like filling in for robert williams um so but yeah once you get him back i'm sure you're going to shore up that defense which also has been performing pretty well i think your guys you guys are like number seven on defense Um, yeah number seven so and that's me being picky i guess saying that we're not mm -hmm. what we were once defensively but i just uh things that i want to get back and that's that where it's a defensive team that just happens to have a lot of gifted offensive guys. Um, but that's me being a weirdo probably. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys are passing a lot, though. I think you're leading the league in, like, maybe not assists, but hockey assists, I saw. So you're, you're really, like, just spreading the ball around and um, making the extra pass, which is fun to watch. And I, I think Brogdon is kind of just, like, a cheat code to have coming off your bench. 
um, like I heard a quote from him recently that was like, uh, you know, he was the number one guy on Indiana for a while, but it was, it was hard. Like his body couldn't keep up with being the number one guy on a team for 35 minutes a night. And so now when he comes in, he's playing like a first or second option when he's on the floor, but he only plays for like 20 to 25 minutes a night. Yep. So it's just kind of a, a perfect situation. Um, and yeah, the Celtics have been by far the best offense this year. I know we touched on it a little bit, but just to paint that picture a little bit more, your offensive rating, and this is on cleaning the glass, which filters out all garbage time minutes. Um, Boston has the best offensive rating per 100 possessions in the NBA at 121. And then the Nuggets are in second with 117.9. So that's like a full three... 0.1 points per 100 possessions ahead of whoever is in second, which is Denver. But well, no, I saw it was um, they were on pace, and this is it's way early in the season, but they were their offensive rating counting everything is it like it was the article I saw it was like just shy of 119. It was like 118 something. Oh yeah, um, and this was a, a little bit ago, but anyway, it was the all time it like historically going to be the greatest offense of all time and that's going to keep on happening with how the nba has moved offensively mm-hmm. but like offensive rating is like a little bit inflation proof it's not but a little bit because it like takes in per possessions and stuff like that so but i just saw that it's like on pace to be the most prolific offense in nba history mm-hmm. on top of having an okay defense so it's it just like and i don't know and I wonder if it's just Missoula. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, for or real. Or Brad Stevens. Whoever you want to give the props to, Missoula should get the job coming out of next year. Unless, like, somehow this year turns into, like, we don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, even if we, like, make a, a run in the playoffs, it should be his job. The guys play for him. He's a smart basketball guy, if that's not readily apparent. Yeah. And, like, everybody – I know that, like – um. When we talked with Anthony, you and me, we all did a preseason episode and kind of talked about like, or maybe we just talked. I don't even remember if it was an actual episode, but we talked about like, oh, Celtics could see a little bit of a lull going into like, with not having Udoka. Like, how how are things gonna look? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was maybe two games to knock off the rust, and they were against a underperforming Sixers team, and they've just kind of been off to the races ever since. And it's been he's done he's done nothing but help us get better. Like, mm-hmm. offensively especially. Defensively, we'll see how things go if it is just not having that Robert Williams a third. We'll see. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch the Celtics for sure. Uh, and no, it just... Shout out to Brad Stevens again, always. Yeah. And Brad, we trust. Uh, yeah. Built a, built a great roster from... Not necessarily the... Like, he had a lot of pieces, but he just did everything he could to ac- accent those pieces. Find a guy that could develop in him. In, and it just worked out... Uh, he looks like the genius now making the, the flip to the front office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Celtics are sitting at the top of the East and the league, for that matter, 21-6. and six. And the Bucks, the Bucks were a little bit farther behind last I saw, but now it's 19-6 and six versus 21-6. and six, So they got the same amount of losses, I guess is what I'm saying. But I, honestly, it could, it could go either way who's going to get the, the first seed, but I think Celtics are a pretty good bet there. I think they're more injury-proof than the Bucks. Even though maybe the Bucks did just get their injuries all out of the way at the beginning of the season because they, for a little bit, had uh, Giannis, Drew, and Chris Middleton all sitting, um, and they survived that a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely my top two coming out of the East uh, would be Boston and, and Milwaukee. Um, I think Cleveland is really fun, also though, um, and that's who like two of the Celtics' six losses were to. Cleveland uh towards the beginning of the year yeah and both those games were like super close like playoff type atmospheres yeah but yeah so I like Celtics coming out of the east though and it would be awesome if we could get Denver coming out of the west um we're going we would to go to at least one game honestly. at least one if we yeah. got two <laughs> two like hypothetically if it happened right now Celtics would have the home court advantage yeah. we would probably go to game three and then game, yeah. what would it be, six? Game six, yeah. We'd go we'd to game three and game six. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. But let's move on now. 
past the Celtics and on to some trades. Um, so the reason why we kind of I kind of thought to bring Jacob on for an episode was uh, he had texted me. Well, number one, we just haven't done an episode together in a while. And uh, number two, he texted me a few weeks ago and asked me a question that I was like, this would be great to talk about on the show. So uh, that question being, um, I kind of want to get the exact quote. I don't want to paraphrase. I've got it up, I believe. When will you want to get rid of Porter? Bay in a second for Porter question mark. And then I was hit with a, <laughs> when would you want to record? Yeah. <laughs> So, so I don't know the answer. Yeah, obviously he's talking about Michael Porter Jr. Um, for Sadiq Bay of the Detroit Pistons. So um, I guess Porter has been injured most of the season. Um, well, I don't know about most, but he's been injured lately. Uh, when he's played this year, he's been fantastic. But yeah, it's definitely the injury concern would be the reason why somebody would want to get rid of him. And, you know, he, we just gave him a huge contract last offseason, uh, like the one before this one. And then he got injured at the start of last season and was out like the whole year. So uh, Nuggets fans were definitely pretty on the fence about that deal shortly after it got signed. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm probably still amongst the, the camp of Nuggets fans that wants to hold on to Porter. Um, just because watching him play alongside Jokic is like something that I just don't want to lose, you but know, the potential of that. Jokic does that to anybody. But Porter is like an amazing three-point shooter. That's fair. There's a lot of great three-point shooters out there that would play 82 games and not 42. That is very true. This is so more playing maybe, the devil's advocate side of things. Yeah. But, yeah, which is good to think about. And also, you might be right with the, sh- the shooting thing. Because, like, honestly, that's, like, the only thing that I really just love about his game. Like, he's struggled with, with like, scoring in isolation and really putting the ball on the floor much and things like that. Like, those areas have been, like, so-so. But, like, so far in his career, he's shooting 42% from three on his career. So that's a total of... 687 attempts so a pretty big sample size a pretty solid Um, volume yeah yeah so it's like that's like i mean i want to compare it to some other numbers really quick clay thompson is what comes to mind and that might be even better than that yeah it's like the same same ballpark as a clay thompson that same type of rate same type of a number of attempts per minute volume yeah so a 6'10", 6'11", Clay Thompson sounds pretty enticing and a pretty good, like, mate, I guess, to, to pair with Jokic. Um, Offensively, exclusively. Not, oh, yeah. Porter's gotten better on the defensive side of the ball, but, like, Clay Thompson was a dude before he got hurt a bunch of mm-hmm. – defensively. Like, I, I will not put them in the same stratus, like – Yeah, yeah. So, offensively, sorry. Clay Thompson, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have clarified. I did not mean defensively. That is for sure. Uh, Clay Thompson, yeah, it was a lockdown, and I mean, still is like still defensively a, I, has a lot of his toolkit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Michael Porter Jr. cannot defend on the perimeter at all. I think his only plus on the defensive side of the ball is he's a pretty decent rim protector, like coming off the weak side, just because he's so tall and long. Um, and he's a aggressive rebounder. He gets a lot of boards, but that's basically where that list ends. Um, he's not very attentive off ball, uh, gets backdoor cut like constantly, and he can't stay in front of people because his lateral movement is very stiff. So yeah, definitely not somebody who's shoring up our defense very much, uh, but we have that in Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown, uh, who has been playing amazing this year. I love Bruce Brown. KCP has helped out on that end also. But I want to say we're still not great defensively. That's definitely our weakness. Oh, wow. Yeah, 27th. 27th in the league in defense. <laughs> so, yeah, not great at all. In fact, pretty poor. So we're going to have to cheer up that side of the ball. But 
anyways, back to the trade. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So MPJ for Sadiq Bay and a second round pick, which, like, so the money would you would have to do something funny to yeah. make the money work because I think Sadiq only makes like two million a year and Porter's making like thirty. So yeah, um, definitely going to be like other stuff thrown in there, but maybe Bogdanovich, Bojan who is a piece that could be moved this season for Detroit and Bay could be like the, the young enticing player that you could throw in there on the side, uh, in the deal. But yeah, honestly, Detroit might take that deal. Like just Bojan and Sadiq Bay. That that's a pretty enticing deal now that I'm thinking about it. But if it, yeah, if it's just for Bay in a second, I don't, I don't think I would take that deal. I just threw something out there. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Sadiq Bay, like he's theoretically a three and D guy, and he has not been shooting well this year or last year. Really, his rookie season he shot well, but since then it hasn't been too good. Thirty four and a half percent last year and twenty nine percent this year. But I just think that his situation in Detroit is not that. Like, I just feel like Jokic. If someone has the ability to shoot they will shoot it near their top level if Jokic is feeding him the basketball mm. because of the looks they'll get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was more of a, he helps shore up your defensively and you do lose a little bit of that offensive efficiency, but Jokic makes up for a lot of that. Yeah. Or could, in theory, make up for a lot of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe you get, let's say that you just meet the happy medium ground and he ends up at a 30, in between last year and this year, which would put him at a 33% free, uh, three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible, and that's like what I would consider the low end with the looks that Jokic would get you. Like I don't have Sadiq Bay like wide open threes versus contested, or why he's missing more this year if it's just he's struggling or what. I saw I got mm-hmm. the whole thing that prompted me is I saw that he he seemed upset that he got moved to be a part of the Detroit bench rotation as opposed mm-hmm. to being in the starting five, and that's what made me throw that name out that I said, "Oh, this is kind of a fit." But another name that I thought of. Not that you would have to trade for because they're sitting at home training, just trying to get better at basketball, would be another 3 and D guy by the name of Jamison Crowder. His name's not Jamison. I think it's just Jay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Jay Crowder. I think his name's Corey, actually. What? I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think his name's Corey Crowder. I might be wrong on that. Corey J. Crowder. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that would be another deal that I guess I don't know. Like that's like a, a win now type of thing. You know what I mean? Well, I and feel like with how weak the West is, you can go win now. No, you can. Yeah, no, for sure. But also, I say weak. How even the top of the West is? Because mm-hmm. like, if you look at the standings, I don't know them off the top of my head, but like, I know that the Warriors before their win last night were at the ten seed. And granted, they've had kind of a rough go to this season, but like. Uh, Pelicans, I would argue, are their wins are slightly inflated. I don't think they're the best team in the West. The Grizzlies, oh, yeah. good basketball team. Nuggets, Suns, light the beam. The Kings, baby, mm-hmm. light they the should beam. Have more, they should really have two more wins than they have because of the like two that were complete, like completely stolen from them at the beginning of the season. But but like so they, and, then you know, the, and it's. Blazers, I'm trying to think of other teams. Like, this West just gets so, like, oh, crap. There's only, like, three teams, maybe even two teams in the West, and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a graveyard. And it's the Rockets and the Spurs. Yeah. But, yeah. like, other than that, the Lakers seem to have figured something out. Anthony Davis is playing well. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City will always be scary as long as they don't shut down Shea. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the what I personally thought was going to be a scary team in the West, the T Wolves. A little bit embarrassed by that take. They'll figure it out hopefully. Um, Honestly, then you get to like Dallas with Luca, the Jazz. It's amazing what happens when you get rid of two cancers in your locker room. How, but just much better a team can play as a cohesive unit. Warriors will get better. Then you've got the Clippers that are the old guy on the block now, just kind of trying to survive, but they're a little bit scary. Then you've got Dame's going to be Dame. Mm-hmm. The Kings have risen from the grave. This West is terrifying, but no one's like elite elite. Everyone is just like, oh, dang, okay. And yeah. then you look at the East and you're like, oof. Like five teams are like turds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. The West, like almost everybody except for 
those two teams at the bottom. Like it's pretty. They're pretty close oh to five hundred. You know. I didn't even look at this. The the Pelicans. I just put seventeen wins for the Pelicans. Eight losses. The we'll go Laker. We'll we'll go one up above. We'll just go the playoff race. T Wolves and go Mavericks. To thirteen, both, honestly. Yeah, are thirteen and thirteen. You go all the way down to the Lakers. They're ten and fifteen. So they're seven games back. Yeah. It's seven games, and we're early on, so seven games is a little bit more than it means, obviously, at the end of the season. But, like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, so that's one, one to... One to 13 is seven games. Yeah, and one to nine is four games. Like, And then you... And look at the parity in the East. One to 13 is 13 and a half games. One to 10 is nine games. One to six is seven games. Jeez. On the East side of things. Yeah. So if... If you were in the well, yeah okay if you just go the full league the whole one league to overall, five is seven games actually even oh jeez in the east one but to like, five the ten seed in the east was the who was it uh, right the now heat. it's the heat the heat are the one two three four five six seven eight nine tenth worst team in the league okay so that works out mathematically perfectly but that does not prove my point in any way shape or form that I was trying to make uh, that's unfortunate Wait, what do you mean I was trying to show that like. I thought the Heat would be, like, lower on overall than, like, the 10. But, like, the 10, that's right where they should be. They should be the 20th team in the rankings, and they're the 10 in one conference, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah. But then you've got, okay. like, um, if you look at the – so the well, Celtics and the Bucks they're are worse, – They're worse than more than 10 teams in the West, though. They're worse than 11 teams in the West, I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's sh- the way to do it is where they would plug in. Yeah, they would be the 12 seed in the West, and they would be very close to being the 13 seed, basically. Yeah. Like, it would yep, be a. I'm, they have the same like, amount of losses as the Lakers, who are the 13 seed. The Sixers, okay, the Sixers aren't necessarily a playoff team in the West. They're not even a playoff, like a play in team guaranteed in the West. They have less games played because we're early on in the season, but the Sixers have 13 wins, and the. Timberwolves also have 13 wins and aren't and they're technically 11. in the plan yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, what? That's yeah. crazy. The <laughs> yeah. Sixers, the five seed. Yeah, and with Embiid, like, he's, like, second in the league in scoring right now. Um, well, he's been up and down. and He has, and James Harden has been out. Um, so, there's those things. And their coach is terrible <laughs> is another thing. I would, okay, I'm going to go back. You need to send me, I'll listen to every single one of your episodes again and play back when I said, is Doc Rivers that good of a head basketball coach? (laughs) I said it, and I know I did, and I just need to go find and listen to it. Because I'm like, he got given one of the best rosters in the NBA, and then he just kind of like wasted Chris Paul's entire prime Mm -hmm. alongside um, Blake Griffin's prime. And the people, oh, he just can't get over the hump. It's the curse of the Clippers. Maybe it's him. Could be. He's had a lot of struggles there, um, and every place he's been, everywhere so. except for the Celtics, because he was able to hide the struggles behind Jeff Green's my best player, so he could like disguise it as a ruse. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> That's but disrespectful also, to Rajon Rondo. There was one year where they overlapped, I think, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there. I mean, there were some guys on, like w- with some of those teams in Boston that were like the championship level teams, they, you know, bowed out a little bit earlier than they probably should have. Um, so there, there was a couple times that that happened. Where but he like, underperformed with the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he has the most 3-1 losses, like lo- losing a 3-1 lead more than any other coach in NBA history by multiple. Like he has three, and I think nobody else has more than one. Yeah, that sounds um, right. So... That, yeah, that's not a good good thing to have on your record, I guess. Um, I don't think Embiid is... Unless they're doing something weird. I'm looking at ESPN for the stats. Oh, they had it weird because he's been out of a few games. He's at 32.2 points a game, uh-huh. which I think is behind Luka and ahead of Tatum. Yeah. Um, but he's only played 17 games this year out of the almost 30, out of the 25 they're way behind. They have played no games. I did not realize this. They've only got 25 games played. I can't do math. Just kidding. It's pretty close, <laughs> actually. Um, well, 
Yeah, so the Celtics have played 27. Yeah, so it's not that many different. And then uh, Brooklyn's played 28. Uh, so they're not actually that that off, like I thought. But no, they're... Uh, but Embiid's at 32 points per game on the season yeah. so far. So What's Shea at? Do you have the whole list right there? Is I can he, pull up the list. I think he's at like fourth, maybe. At least last I saw. Uh, Luca's, I believe, is first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luca's at 20... 32.9, uh, Giannis is at 31.9, Shea's at 30.8, Steph and Jason Tatum are both at 30.0, but they're not counting Embiid because he hasn't played enough of this season, I don't think, because he's not on this list. Mm-hmm. And I said he's at 32.3, so if he he would have been in second at the moment, um, mm-hmm. uh, just above Giannis, but Shea's at 30.8 points per game. Okay, and that's fourth, you said, or fifth? Including Embiid, if you throw Embiid in there. If fourth if you count Embiid, yep. Fourth when you're counting Embiid. Okay, gotcha. Can I just, like, shut off so I don't have to, like, care how many play games they've had? That's so weird. Because yeah, I, I guess that's a, over a quarter of the season. It makes yeah. a little bit of sense. Because if yeah, he drops, think... like, a 50-burger and then doesn't play for three weeks, his it would look crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's not that he's out of it yet. Like, if he just keeps not missing games then he'll be back in it it's just like a percentage of what you know the total amount of games that they've played so far so yeah there's been some teams that have played 28 games then i think the least is 25 in the sixers case and uh what were we just talking about i can't remember how we got on the sixers um oh we're talking about the the west okay yeah no we're doing we're doing Still talking about trades. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it was because you the win now for yep. the Nuggets. Win now. Uh, it's worth it to try to win now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. It de- like, it depends on what... I think there is a... There's an argument there. Because, like, trading Porter for Jay Crowder, I think, helps a little bit. But, like, it, it gives us somebody that's that's probably more consistent. In terms of just being there, I should say. Because yeah. Jay Crowder is the there. opposite of consistent. Yeah. In terms of like shooting, um, but he's consistent defensively. Yes, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I've I've always liked what I've seen from Jay Crowder on the defensive end, especially in the playoffs. Um, and like he's been the X factor in so many playoff series, where like early in the series he's just not making anything, and then game later five, in the series has a game he makes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's what flips the series. So that's like a fun wrinkled have on your team i just think losing what porter brings to our offense is a big hit because there's nobody especially with jamal not like back to totally where he back was. to being himself yet yeah like we we just don't have anybody else that brings that level of of gravity like yeah uh, as a shooter um so yeah i don't know i think i would i would te- i would probably lean to keeping mpj uh, but I could definitely see the the thought of like, what if we just go all in, try to win the championship this year? So, I think it it does make our chances a little bit better doing that for just this season. But not, I don't think it does like enough to justify giving Porter away, where that could be like a dynasty type of big three, you know? Uh, okay, I potentially would, no yeah. potentially. The the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are going to do nothing but get more and more terrifying. As there was this time where we thought the Pelicans might have gotten Webb and Yana. Like, there was a real chance with how bad the yeah. Lakers were playing. They figured it out a little bit, so that's probably not the case. But, like, the, the, the Pelicans aren't going to get any worse. And the Grizzlies are not going to get any worse, barring some sort of injury. But we'll just ignore that half of it. Even, and, and if Michael Porter Jr., I guess, gets healthy... Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it like that is obviously a terrible take to get rid of him if he turns into this healthy like oh I'm Clay Thompson on my own team just doing what I want they just build defense around me and I just go crazy heat check to the moon <laughs> but yeah I I just think that this is gonna be the the ripest time for a team that's like do we make that trade to go for it this year in the West I think this is the year mm-hmm. yeah but if you're like the sense. Bulls in the East don't yeah there's too many teams at the top. Yeah, like there's like Celtics, there's the Bucks, there's the Heat that have been weird this year, but they'll figure it out. They just do. Like Spolstra won't let that team be like they'll overperform what they probably should mm-hmm. with Spolstra at the helm. So 
Yeah. Uh, I actually did think about the Bulls a little bit just a little bit ago uh, when I was thinking about Jay Crowder trades. Um, and I thought the same thing. Like, Bulls probably don't – I don't know if I'm the Bulls if I do want to try to, you know, trade Patrick Williams, you know, let's say, for Jay Crowder just to try to maximize this season. Maybe you do. I don't know. Because, like, I guess they don't have a lot of their own picks anymore after the Vucevic deal. Um, and a lot of their, their best players are aging. But, you know, they, they're not going to have Lonzo for most of this year, at least. I don't know when he's supposed to come back. But that's a big thing that they're missing this season. So you probably want to wait till he's back, you know, before you try to really make a swing for the... Uh, swing for the hills type of that's not a saying is it swing, swing for the hills for the fences. swing swing for the fences there we go thank you um type of move for this season but yeah so talking about some jay crowder trades though i, th- I feel like that's the most interesting storyline in terms of what could happen like what p- deals could potentially get made um to change how the league is looking this year how the contenders will stack up and you know, for those who aren't familiar, Jay Crowder has been the starting power forward on uh, the Suns the past several years, and just recently, in the in training camp is when he found out that uh, Cameron Johnson, who has been a beast off the bench for the Suns, especially last year, um, was going to take his starting spot, and Jay Crowder would get moved to the sixth man, and that made Jay Crowder want to get traded, I guess, to another contender where he can start. I mean, I assume that's part of the the request. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You could talk about the whether you think that's a good move for Jay Crowder or not. I probably don't think it is. You know, I think he, he said something similar to, like somewhat along the lines of he wants to be a, a P.J. Tucker, where... Well, P.J. Tucker has no right to be starting in the NBA. <laughs> I don't think so, but sorry. Yeah, um... But, like, just from the standpoint of he wants to be a P.J. Tucker, like, he wants to be a player that um, is really important to winning. Like, he just gets – he's, you know, he's a journeyman, but he comes into the to certain teams and gets them to, you know, the championship or, like, to the conference finals. Like, that's that's where he always is. Robert Ory. Yeah. Yeah, that type of guy. Um, but, like, my thing on that is I feel like the difference between – like, I feel like P.J. Tucker wouldn't have handled this situation like that. Uh, like, if you want to be that type of guy, you need to be willing to, you know, come off the bench and be a six-man or, like, you know, play whatever role that your Get coach it. needs you to. Um, especially when it's not affecting, like, very much. Like, it's he was going to go from, like, 27 minutes a game to, like, 25 minutes a game. It would have been a very minimal difference because the way they – you know, it would have been swapping his role with Cameron Johnson's from last year, which was like slightly different. <laughs> it's just one of them starts and one of them comes in off the bench, but they play like the same amount of minutes almost. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think that uh, it's interesting though with the Suns, uh, they've been able to hold it together at least a little bit at 16 and 10. And that's even with Chris Paul missing a lot of games. Um, Devin Booker has been playing really well. Uh, but Jay Crowder, uh, potential deals for him. He's making $10.2 million this year on an expiring deal. Uh, so, you know, some straight-up trades I, I thought of have been, like, maybe Royce O'Neal with the Nets um, because the Suns did say they want a guy back who's going to fill that Jay Crowder spot, essentially, which Royce O'Neal would be, I think, a pretty good option for that. Danny Green was one that I think is pretty interesting. Um, the only thing with that though is I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not because I'm pretty sure he's not playing with the Grizzlies right now just because of health. So I'm not sure where where he is on that, I guess. And then Torian Prince would be another good one. Um, I think that helps both teams. Like it helps the Suns, obviously, because that's just an empty roster spot right now with him not playing. Yeah. So getting in Torian Prince would be good. And grizzlies or not grizzlies uh the wolves might uh that might be a little bit of an upgrade from tarian prince to jay crowder and then so more i guess alec burks too was another one that's just a straight up one for one but the ones that are more interesting i feel like they have to include a couple other guys 
and one of those being Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Hawks. So trying to make a deal for him. And you would have to, Phoenix would probably have to send Crowder and Shamit over to Atlanta. But I think that's a really interesting one. I think that helps both teams because, like, Atlanta has a surplus of ball handling right now. You know, they don't really need uh, Bogdanovich coming off the bench, like, when they can stagger Trey and DeJounte Murray's minutes. And just getting some more defense out there with Jay Crowder would be, you know, good for them. Um, and then the Suns, honestly, even though Bogdan Bogdanovich doesn't fill that Crowder role for you, I think that, honestly, just looking at the roster, they might be decently okay there, like having Cameron Johnson starting and Torrey Craig just coming in off the bench. Um, I think the place where they might need some more is, especially with Chris Paul struggling with injury this year, is like the more ball handling type of role alongside Devin Booker. So honestly, Bogdan Bogdanovich would be a fun, uh, interesting one to throw in there. Um, but you could make the same exact deal for Bojan also in Detroit because they make about the same amount of money. And also Eric Gordon is another guy who makes around the 18 to 20 mil range. So all of those deals would work. And Eric Gordon would be an interesting one too. Give you a little bit more defense than Bogdanovich, but also gives you that on-ball juice. So yeah, all those ones would be interesting. Which ones of those would you think would be like the most entertaining or the, you know, the best for Phoenix's odds? For Phoenix's odds? Yeah. Hmm. Probably Bojan, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty good one because that he's like more versatile. He could fill like the... More than just the Jay Crowder spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can also handle the ball, but he's also got the size, more size than Eric Gordon and Bogdan um, more than they do. So he can, you know, guard big wings. Not to the same level that Crowder does, obviously, but at least he's a body. So, yeah, that's a pretty good answer there. Boyan would be interesting on the Suns. And, yeah, Detroit has just been awful this year. 7-21 and 21 at the bottom of the league. When I thought, I thought they would be, I think I had them at, like, the 12th or 13th spot in the East in my preseason prediction. Um, so, I guess not too far down, but I thought they would be a little bit more competitive than this, you know, like... 33 win range somewhere like that yeah um and right now they're on pace for probably like less than 25 i'm guessing yeah if they're 7 and 21 um so yeah Cade cunningham has been Man. a little bit better there ivy's been solid mm-hmm. i i think that they're set up for the it they didn't make bad mistakes on the draft i don't think they made these catastrophic errors with who they took um mm-hmm. so far jury's still out obviously but uh, I think that they, they've done an okay thing. That one, and then another thing is, does he just get bought out? Do they get to the to the deadline and realize they're not going to get anything for him and just, does he just get bought out? For Bojan? No, uh, Crowder. If they if no team oh, wants to oh, buy Crowder. and they're just going to call the, like, like, just buy him out and we'll pick him up then. You know what I mean? Is there any chances of, like, what are the odds of that? Because it's not a terrible contract to buy out with how grubby Sarver is about stuff. Because he technically still pays for shit, doesn't he? Because I know that he was trying to sell the yeah. team or was going to, but I don't think he has yet. Yeah, he hasn't yet. But he's technically not involved with basketball operations for this whole season because he got suspended. Okay. Um, but, okay. I, I mean, it's still coming out of his pockets, but he's not making any decisions right now. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Which, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really know how that works. But um, regardless, I, don't, I guess I don't think that would happen. I feel like there's going to be a deal that would happen for Drake, Jay Crowder, maybe even sooner than later. Seeing that, like, you know, it's an empty spot right now for yeah. Phoenix. They, they want to get something now. But, you know, it could be, like, just writing, out, writing it out, see if they can stay above, above water for a little bit longer because probably the longer the better um, in terms of how many deals are out there for him. But I think there would be a few. And at, at like, the very worst, it could just be – like just get a, a slightly downgraded version of Jay Crowder. Like go go trade him to a team. Like I said with Minnesota, where it's like, you know, they have Torian Prince, which is just he does the same thing Crowder does, but just he's not quite as good defensively. So like, why don't you know? How about you just take Crowder and we'll take Torian Prince? Um, 
so that that could work or you know there's probably a couple players you could do that with on the clippers because uh, they have so many wings um like just robert covington you know just trade jay crowder for robert covington clippers i think would rather have crowder than covington um and the suns would rather have covington than nothing so you know that trade would work so yeah i, I don't think it'll come down to him getting bought out and yeah, I, I just think this trade deadline is going to be interesting with all these names out there that potentially could get moved. Uh, just like the both the Bogdanoviches. Oh, there's one more trade that I that I didn't mention uh, that I had written down. And that was, this is probably the most interesting one. Um, I was trying to think of what teams would really need Jay Crowder. And I think number one on that list is the Heat. They need that, that spot filled like desperately. I agree. So... An interesting trade would be Jay Crowder and Dario Saric going to Miami for Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin. Um, I thought of that very quickly, and I haven't really thought about like who would say no or anything like that. But I think the Heat. You think the Heat would say no to that? I think. I don't know. Hmm. I honestly I th- am thinking that the it's not that bad of a Suns trade. might say no to that. Yeah, it, it isn't. But also, um, I need to check on Duncan Robinson's numbers this year to see how well he's playing. Because I know if we're just going based on last year, he's pretty sunken asset. Yeah, and he's yeah, it's a similar story this year with 17 minutes a game, and he's only shooting 31 percent from three. So actually, even worse. But on a smaller sample. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know if Phoenix would want to do that because, you know, yeah, Duncan Robinson is getting paid a lot more money, but and he's not making his shots. But maybe in Phoenix's system, he'll perform better. Who knows? Um, Caleb Martin would be like just a, a, a guy you can throw out there that's better than the guys that they have been throwing out there in the bench units. So I don't know. That trade helps you a little bit, but not a lot. Um, it definitely helps Miami though. That would be a steal for Miami. I feel like now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I didn't realize that Duncan Robinson was struggling that bad this year. Again, like I knew mm-hmm. that last year he was down, but for some reason, maybe he had a game and it like messed with my entire perception of his entire season. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Max Struess has been there. is pretty solidified as the replacement for Robinson now. Um. So it makes Robinson a lot more expendable. Like deals like this could definitely happen, but it's whoever wants to take him, I guess. Okay, and then there's one more trade. I saved it for the last one because I don't think this would happen, but it's 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 an interesting thought, and that's uh, Jay Crowder straight up for PJ Tucker. I think that would help both teams, to be honest. Like I think Crowder fits better on the Sixers than Tucker does. Because you don't really need Tucker to be like a backup center for Embiid when they have uh, Montrezl Harrell, so I don't know. I th- I think that that would be a decent trade. PJ Tucker on the Suns would work really well, especially since they kind of need a backup center, um, and he can be like the small ball five. Yeah. So, what do you think of that one? PJ Tucker returning to the Suns. That's not that bad, actually. Mm-hmm. That's I that that might be my like. But do the Suns want to do that? I don't know how they felt about. I don't know what how the PJ Tucker exit was. I don't know anything about that. Oh, I th- I think it was pretty tame. Just a business like it thing. Was, yeah, and it was a long time ago. It was like his first. That was his first team. I'm pretty sure. Like it was before the Rockets days and before everything. Um, he might have even when he left the. I Suns. think I'm I'm mixing up the Bucks because PJ oh. Tucker was in that yeah, Suns finals, they, but he was for the. Okay, mm-hmm. my brain is mm-hmm. broken. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it. He might have even gone overseas after that. After the Suns, and then came back. Yeah, but that might. I might be thinking of the Raptors. The Raptors might have been his first team, actually. Yeah, the Raptors was his first team in the NBA. Then he went overseas for one, two, three, four, five years. He was not in the NBA, and then came back when he was twenty-seven with Phoenix for four and a half years and then went back to Toronto for half a year, which I didn't know. And then, and then he signed rocks. with Houston. Okay. Yeah. And that brings us more or less to, to now. Cause he's only been on a couple teams since then, but, and it's been like a new team every year. Yep. 
Um, he's just been ba- like bouncing around to a team that's like, man, we kind of just need like a defensive three-point guy. We have our offense figured out. And then mm-hmm. he just bounces around to those places. Yeah. And because he's 37 years old, he's not signing very long deals at all. Would, um, sorry, what were you going to say? This made me think it's like kind of hopping to a different, not topic, but it is a different topic, different player. So the 76 is what made me think of it. The 76ers have a, their rotation is pretty set. And one person that is cut out of their rotation is Thibel. No, is it Thibel? Yeah, it is Matisse Thibel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been playing much. What would his value be at to, like, would he be, well, he doesn't fill the Jay Crowder hole at all. Not the right type of player. But, like, does he, does he go somewhere? Defensively he does, but. Defense, but not, not in terms of, like, shooting. you can't put him on the same guys. Yeah, the, to an extent. Jay Crowder can definitely guard much bigger. But the, Matisse Thibel is, he can, he can guard a lot of wings. Probably not quite. As big as like a LeBron or an AD, even like we've seen Crowder guard, like Crowder so, or Tucker do. They're not he. They're not. He's a yeah. slightly smaller version. But you could throw him on Tatum. You could throw him on Brown. Thinking of Celtics players, mm-hmm. you could probably throw him on Porter. Would be a stretch because of the height. But um, yeah, you could make but a I lot think of it, things it work. Would probably work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Thibel to the Suns. You're saying? Yeah, or so like. But then they have Crowder and Tucker, and that's something you definitely don't need. So that doesn't necessarily work, but, like, how much else do you have to add for a Thibel type of thing? Because he's just sitting there pretty much collecting dust, not really doing anything because he can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, he, I think he is valuable where he's at, like, to the Sixers, but they just aren't playing him. Oh, okay. To be honest. And that would make sense. I I think, I think they should just get rid of Doc Rivers, (laughs) and then he'll probably play. It would be my uh, guess. Would be my prediction. Yeah. Um, okay. So Matisse Thibel is making four point four million versus ten point two. Yeah, ten point two from Crowder. Let's see. I'm I'm using the trade machine right now. I'm gonna see if I can make up a deal. Well, maybe this would work. Would it? No, it doesn't. Not straight up. Daniel House is there too with another four million dollar contract. Shake Milton has been playing really well for them. Yes. For the Sixers lately. With Tyrese He's been Maxie a big out. part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the a deal like that could really work. Because you'd have to... It would become a very different deal than just that, you know, in order to make the money work. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about that one. But Matisse, though, yeah, I think is, is definitely being wasted right now with the 76ers because he's one of the best just, you know, on-ball defensive small wings in the NBA. Right now, uh, it's just he can't shoot like well at all, so that's definitely the the thing that's pulling him off the floor. But you know the Sixers, they can roll out lineups where they just have one non-shooter, you know, because everybody else on their team can shoot for the most part. Yeah. Other than Harold, you know, the only guys that can't be on the floor with is Harold, and I mean Tucker isn't a great spacer, but he can shoot from the corners. Like he definitely can. If he's shoot in him. one spot on the court, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that's a Doc Rivers problem there, to be honest. And that would make that makes sense. Yeah. All right, and so that brings us to uh, nothing else to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So did you want to wrap it up now? I'm I'd be, I'd be good too. I feel bad because I feel like your episodes usually run longer than this, but I'm my brain is like it's fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'd like to try to plan more. I always, I know I always say that. It's just life is gets in the way with yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, if we had more of a structure, that'd be yeah. Like I I just I can't be the one. I feel like I fill the role of the person who's like more of the guest almost. I don't know. Like if you listen to the mismatch with uh, Kevin O'Connor and and Chris Vernon, I feel like I'm more of a Kevin O'Connor type. Like, I'm not the guy who who should, like, say the intro and keep us moving from point to point and, you know, like, carry mm-hmm. the on-air type, you know, the more, like, the radio skill yeah. type of person. Um, so maybe we should swap roles. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. that would be. To just, like, semi-regularly just – and it'd pretty much be, like – and not an interview, but I would just – 
not have logical point. I just would be more of a like, what about this? What about you know what I mean? And yeah, then you would break. You'd be it the down. Molly be... Queerum on first take. Yeah, <laughs> Mo- Molly. <laughs> I'll get a T-shirt that says Molly. No, but I'd be a no. I'd be more than I. I kind of know what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. To be like the the great insight type of thing, I'd be down for it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd do whatever. Okay. Whatever. Whatever helps the mm-hmm. uh, the dream. So. Yeah, it just that kind of turns you into like more the host, which I'm fine with. But I just don't know if you're okay with like <laughs> becoming that of like the well, host no. of Hoop Theory. And it doesn't bug me any because one, if I'm like gone or something, if I can't do like, and I'd also be more than willing to make this like a regular-ish thing, like we're like mm-hmm. we both sit down and do it. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd I'd be totally down to do that. And okay. then if that makes it easier for you, like I would just. He's like, send me a bunch of things. Let's say we would do it once a week. Just a random, we'll just pretend yeah. once a week. Well, I, like, you could just send me, I want to talk about this, 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 and this. And then I would just send back like a rough, this is what we're going to talk about for roughly this long. So we don't accidentally start talking about the the states of the East and the West when we're talking about trades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so uh-huh. we could like stay on like a... Uh, a coherent path. I'd be more than willing to do that. Cause I think that'd be a bunch of fun and I would enjoy that for sure. I know I would. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, okay. I'm glad to hear that then. Uh, but yeah, it's more, it's we... like 99% your baby. I just show up. So let me know. Uh, <laughs> and then I can help with like audit editing. I've offered this a bunch of times, but let me know what you want in terms of that side of things. And mm-hmm. okay. Anyways, uh, let's try to wrap this up, I guess. I don't remember what the last thing we said was, but yeah, um. I'm just going to say. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. We are going to come, hopefully. I, I know I it never ends up well when I make promises on the show, but uh, we're going to end up coming back at you somewhat soon with some more content, talking about the NBA, getting caught up with stuff. Uh, this was a good start, so... So thank you guys for listening to the Isaiah Roby episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast. Uh, Stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.